Toe. Wait, that other <laughs> that other Masonic podcast. Yeah, this is one where you don't cuss all the time. This is the one where I don't <laughs> cuss and stuff. Uh, this is going to be a first. We're going to do just a little mini. This is just like a bonus content for you yeah. guys. Extra, extra bonus content. Uh, I would say we're coming to you live from Bethlehem 574, but... Not today, no. No, uh, we're coming to you graciously from Dubois Lodge 520 in Huntingburg, Indiana. The one of the other two lodges in Dubois County. Yes, yeah, a beautiful lodge, too. Uh, I always love this lodge. You know, I generally censor all the negative language on this show. Yeah. But the last handful of episodes, we had a past grandmaster use the word bitch, and it was in, <laughs> it was in a great um, context. Yeah, that's always using a good context. When and you used the word racist bastard in a phenomenal content. When did I do that? Uh, the Slap Happy Masons episode, I believe. Yeah, I was very episode. slap happy that one. I was uh, tired. So I'm going to use uh, a, a curse word in a positive tense. Ladies and gentlemen, just hold your breath. Today has been a shitty day for <laughs> planning and pre-production oh God, and recording. We uh, Our guest list got all jumbled up and messed up. Yep. Our recording got jumbled up and messed up. Uh, there's oh. two calendars for renting our lodge, Fellowship Hall. Right. And... Uh, Both of them didn't get marked. Well, the, the one at the lodge didn't get marked. The one at the location where people go to generally rent the lodge was marked the couple just forgot and uh they're the sweetest people in the it, world it happens it happens i'm not mad at anybody no we are it just happened that way i i know the guy who had the lodge rented i spoke to him last night i was like hey we kind of got this thing going on we don't need to be bothered with anything in the fellowship hall you got going on we just we need the lodge room and if we come out we're just going to the bathroom he's like no problem you know, we might be out of here by 3 or 4 o'clock. I got up there at 3.30, and there was like 30 cars there. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> told Todd, I said, we're not recording today. And then I got to thinking, you know what? I'm going to call in a favor. And uh, shout out to Brother Wayne Pattonmore. The best looking beard the, in the all The most Masonry. beautiful beard in all of Freemasonry. The most beautiful beard in southern Indiana. Wayne in, come in through the in state. The, Wayne come through in the clutch. So yep. let's uh, let's have a key and borrow this, and we're we're gonna leave a little bit of compensation for him. So just for, as a thank you, yes, I'm gonna leave a little compensation. Todd and I are gonna leave a little note when we leave tonight. Turn the lights out, and uh, I got to return the key tomorrow, Brother Wayne. But yep. uh, I think what we're gonna do is we're just getting some of the rust off. It's been about a month since we've done anything. We've had a lot of con- we still have one episode in the can yet. Do we really? Okay, brother, our interview with Brother Tim Poe. Okay, yes, that's, that's, I decided that's, we went so many weeks. We went like four or five weeks in a row. I was gonna give a two week break. Okay. So by the time they hear this, it's already out. But Brother Tim's episode comes out a week from tomorrow, but Memorial you did, Day. You did release a bonus episode of Grand Lodge. I did, Lodge. and that's and that why wasn't I, that's why I think we're going to break down. So so talk okay. to me about I wasn't there. Talk to me about how Grand Lodge was. Man, there. Grand Lodge this year was fast. Um, like you already know, they did everything one day, worked mostly two days. Didn't no nobody passing through hardly see you guys. At no, all. It, during in the morning there was. I think you heard on that people walking by talking to us and. Uh, I say, uh, right brother, uh, Don Parvin talked about, he talked to us for a little while, but not, not even microphone, something like that. Me and Adam had a good discussion about Freemasonry in general, which I think people, some people will appreciate it. Some people be like, well, I want to hear about Grand Lodge. Well, yeah, but, to everybody out there, I, yeah. I want to put a disclaimer out, you know, Todd, Todd's not worried about it, but me's tr- me trying to be a professional, although I've showed <laughs> in the past, I'm not much of a professional, <laughs> no. but, uh, we wanted you guys to get some some great Grand Lodge content, and uh, just the way the layout was for this year. Yeah, there was no breaks. It didn't happen. Usually, they take a break every couple of hours, let the guys go out to smoke, or let people just mingle around the vendor area. There was no breaks that I saw of. I mean, you, you went in there, and they got the election done real quick. They got the... Yeah, Jared Prudence went through real fast. So did everybody move up in order? Was there any yeah, surprise? Yeah. Some people want to do a paper vote from what I saw for Grandmaster and Deputy Grandmaster, but they ended up uh, so, going back to electronic, which I think was a lot better way of if, doing it. If memory serves me correct, then, where everybody is in the hierarchy, do we have Southern Indiana local as our Deputy Grandmaster? Deputy now? Grandmaster is uh, David Morgan from Santa Claus and Eureka Lodge. I forgot the number. Um, Eureka 397, isn't it? Something like that. Well, <laughs> I can't remember. The no, southernmost no, lodge. In the no, they're state. not. That's what they, that's that's they the say. Joke. That's what they used to say. The southernmost lodge is Rockport, and I believe it's only a matter of feet. So, <laughs> uh, no southern. 
But we got some southern. We will have another southern Indiana grandmaster, grandmaster. in our area. Yeah, it was the last one I think was Kel Kemp. No, 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 no. There was another one, wasn't there? Well, from Evansville area. Well, I guess I guess Evansville is part of Southern Indiana. Oh, but yeah. I was talking about I was talking about Dubois, Spencer, Perry oh, County, well, yeah, local to I, us. Uh, the last one of that would have been Gail Kemp. Was it Diz Harold? Wasn't he from Eureka? One Maybe. Grandmaster has been from Eureka, I believe. Maybe. I can't remember. We are actually we are for all of those that passed that remember past Grandmaster Gail Kemp. Uh, we're in his home lodge. We're in his home lodge recording mm-hmm. right now. Uh, when Gail Kemp, there. when Gail Kemp was master, that was when they were above the old. They were still above the old bank in Huntingburg. Were they really? When I took my inter, or when I was raised a master mason on leap year, February 29th, of 08, uh, My first lodge of instruction was the next. Was three weeks later. Was March '08, and we did it with Huntingburg Lodge, and they were still above the bank. Okay. Uh, don't ask me what year they moved out here. I don't remember. It, uh, they got something out there on the wall, but I don't remember either. But for those of you that, that don't know, uh, that, that aren't Southern Indiana local to this part, uh, the old Dubois Lodge was uh, down on historic 4th Street in Huntingburg, which is where they filmed a lot of the scenes for... Uh, League of Their Own. League of Their Own and for Hard Rain with Morgan Freeman and really? uh, Christian Slater. I didn't know that. And all that. Oh, yeah. You watch the opening scene? Really? Yeah. I never the, the opening. I've actually never even heard of that movie. To be honest with you. Hard Rain. No. Morgan yeah, Freeman. I think was Mickey Rooney in that movie too. <sighs> you guess it good. Christian mind. Slater, nineteen ninety seven. Hard Rain. Let's hit the old Google machine here. Shout out Conrad Thompson. Hop in your Google <laughs> machine. I'm the Pod Father, baby. That other Masonic podcast, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Todd and I are getting ready to launch that other pro wrestling podcast. (laughs) I don't think so. Hard Rain, yep. So, Christian Slater. Is Morgan Freeman in there? I keep saying Morgan Freeman. (laughs) A small town of Huntingburg is forced to evacuate. Randy Quaid's in there. When torrential rain brings rising floodwater to local sheriff Randy Quaid and town residents having been through this before and all too familiar with the looting and Petty theft takes place. Memorial Gym's in this movie. In an abandoned town. Southridge is in this movie. Where they are not aware of, however, is a planned heist of an armored car that is sent to transport $3 million from local bank. This movie was released in 1997, so you know the way... Well, okay, so you know the way Hollywood works. You do most of the filming the year before. Wow. So our, my, my mom was working for OFS, you know, Styline, and they were closing down different parts of the city during the day to, to film this. And I think... <laughs> At least sixty percent of this movie, seventy percent of this movie was shot in Huntingburg. I never knew that. You never did, huh? It's a great, it's a fantastic movie, by the way. Well, I'm gonna have to watch that sometime. See if it's on hey, Netflix. Hey, real quick, my show, your show, our show. Yeah. Tell everybody about a league of their own. Tell them about the story of of the of the movie that they pretty much rebuilt and built that stadium. Oh yeah, league stadium for the movie, league stadium. And uh, then they left Hollywood, left it, and then now we have minor. League ball teams. Well, there. it's not minor. It's independent minor league. Well, I mean, and, it's like you know. it's like the minor minor leagues. Yeah, what it's, I'm trying to say. it's for it's college kids when they're off from college coming and play baseball. Bombers high, Bombers games are starting up within the next couple I know, of weeks. They're, they're a blast. I think they have a Masonic night there too. Hmm. That'd be a good time. But to anyways, there's, there. a, there's a little bit of uh, Hollywood and uh, historic knowledge. So we were sitting here. This is a beautiful. Yeah, I always love this lodge. They had the York right here for the county too, which I soon hope to be reinstated in the York right soon. Are you coming in with me? Because Brother Wayne has got my petition, and I just something has kept coming up. Once I get uh, get uh, my dues card from uh, Noblesville, I'll come here and transfer over my membership down here. Now, my wife wasn't real pleased about another meeting once a month, but she'll go over it. But you know, getting back to this grant, what what grant lodge? What I want what I want to talk about here is that um, uh, I know. Statistic-wise, a lot of people listen to an hour bonus episode. Right. Really, it was probably only about 45 minutes because I'm sure my my uh, my disclaimer at the front and at the back probably took up 15 minutes. Probably, yeah, at least 10. You know, yeah. You, I got about, about 45 minutes of talking, me and, me and Adam. How I'm going to try to tie this all together is that I don't want to keep tooting our own horn, but, man, the more and more I look at this every day, what you and I have put together. It's getting out there. It has taken off. Not just all across Indiana, dude. It is all over the country. Yeah. 
and now it's global. And it just what we do. We have to keep bringing the good interviews, the good the people who are influential in masonry, but also the small guys out there too, like the Tim Pose, who's not a Grand Line officer, but a great mason, great ritualist. People like the content we put out, right. and I think if we keep doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. I really get the feeling like you and I are going to be asked to do presentations. At some point, at some yes. point, and yeah. I'm thinking I mean, I'm about not, that. How how is that for you and I that just sit here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking. Do a podcast. I'm not looking for any recognition. This was I'm not either. But what what I'm what I'm saying, I have I feel good on the inside. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I of what it. we've what we've built. What I love is people who come to you after lodge and say, "Are you from that other Masonic podcast?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because I listen to it all the time. I like. I really love your. Content. That was the best night ever. That ha- I don't at, know at how French lick it happened. French lick it happened. Yeah. Todd and I got up there. It happened to me in Illinois. <laughs> Did it? Yes. A guy came to me and go, are you from that other Masonic podcast? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and I go, why? He goes, oh, I love that podcast. It's just so down to earth. It's like just two guys talking. I said, That's two all idiots is. talking. And I said, it's two fat guys talking in a lodge room. That's all That's it all is. That's all it is. It's two, Freemasons, two fat Freemasons sitting in a lodge room talking Freemasonry. You're talking to other Freemasons. Um, or potential Freemasons, uh, shot Morty. Morty, <laughs> Mordecai Putman. <laughs> Morty, we're waiting on that petition, bro. Come on now. <laughs> I had to talk to him since so he's changed jobs. I need to call him. Um, I was looking on my Facebook memories. Memories. And, uh, I, well, I went out last night. <laughs> he said you weren't feeling too good this morning. I went out last night. And for those that don't know, I'm I'm 35 now. My hell-raising days are pretty much behind me. <laughs> I would say I'm more of a social drinker now. I like to have a good cocktail every once in a while or a social. cold beer. I'm not even social anymore. But I don't. I don't. <laughs> Like, as far as going out and getting just plastered, just tanked all the time, maybe once a year that happens. And that happened to be last night. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They were were going down so good. That's uh, when you're in trouble. (laughs) I felt terrible this morning. And then I was, like, checking my Facebook memories. And it popped up about all the stuff I had posted because I had went to Grand Lodge last year. Yeah. And that was the first time I've been to Grand Lodge in like six years. Was it two days last year, too? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was two days last year. The first day they did one day. And uh, man, oh man, the the pictures I took, the the a sea of humanity. Oh, yeah. At annual communications. And I just, I get such a good feeling about that because you and I could sit here and, and, and hump this till we're blue in the face about memberships down and nobody cares and every other podcast does the same episodes and they get their you know they they get their stuff in about memberships down but man you look at annual communications and you see what a thousand fifteen hundred twenty five hundred people there yeah and that comes to my my opinion on that as far as we don't need more membership at all being a, a membership problem isn't a masonry problem it's an administration problem not as many dudes come in, not as much per capita going to the Grand Lodge means they can't do what they want to do. Our favorite our favorite phrase, change the culture. Exactly. Change the culture of what we're doing. We need to bring Freemasonry to the forefront where, like, um, I asked a guy one time, um, he wasn't an active member. He, he was a member in good standing, but active member. It's like, well, it's, it's for the way. Okay, you don't come to Lodge. Okay, that's great. You're busy with kids' ball games and whatever. What have you. But, the way you act every day, does everybody know that you're a Mason? Do you treat everybody on the do you, do you meet everybody on the level? Do you act upon the plum and do you part upon the square? Can I can Just I say every member? Can I say prick on our show? Okay, so when okay. I first got raised when I was twenty, <laughs> twenty one years old, I was an egotistical little prick. And uh Okay. <laughs> I mean, can I can we say that on mm-hmm. our show? I mean we generally censor stuff. Well you're talking about yourself, yeah. Yeah, I was a prick. <laughs> okay. And I didn't I was happy to be a Mason. I was happy to have the title. Right. I still think it wasn't about growing till I'd been in about a year that I really started to see what it is. And I'm not perfect. Oh, no. There's not a single Mason out there that is perfect. Mm-hmm. I've, made, I've made some mistakes, but I try to live things a little differently now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm not perfect. But what I'm saying is is – Say a guy doesn't come to meetings, but is he still promoting Freemason by the way he acts in, in public in front of the non Masons? Where they can, they can ask somebody, like, well, why are you such a, how are you such a good guy? Well, you know, I'm a Freemason, I go to church, I read a Bible, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, you don't have to read your Bible, you don't have to go to church to be a Freemason, but you know, saying the way you act, the way you, the way you present yourself in the public, 
reflects Freemasonry. You know what? Uh, you know what? My favorite thing to always say to the candidates is: it was, more, you, "More you put into yeah, it, more you like, I know a lot of people say that, but I stole it because that was the very first thing I heard at my Inner to Prince degree. Ron Wiseman stood up; he was the very first one to speak. That's what he said. It stuck with me. But lately, one of my favorite things to say is: "I stole this from Darwin Hagedorn from Branchville Lodge." Okay, and. Uh, Darwin said, uh, you know, it's great. You're, you're a third-degree Master Mason now. You're going to get your license plate. You're going to get your ring. You're going to get your Masonic decals, all that. He said, that's great. Every Mason should proudly display those. Just remember that you're going to fall judgment for the whole fraternity because that's what people's going to think. When that's you're right. cutting somebody off in traffic and – they get mad at you and they honk the horn and you give them the finger in your rearview mirror yeah. and they see that Masonic license plate. Yep. He said, remember when somebody accidentally shoves into you at a bar and spills a drink all over you and you turn around and you punch the guy in the face and you're wearing a Masonic hat, you're yep. going to take the whole brunt for the whole fraternity. That's right. So I think about that a lot more now. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out Darwin. I don't know if Darwin checks out the podcast. He knows about our podcast. Yeah. And I love Darwin. He's one of the most down-to-earth human beings I've ever met in my life. Good Mason, mm-hmm. Branchville Lodge. Is he secretary out there? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, but he said that about a year and a half ago. Yeah. You and I went to a degree somewhere about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Right after I got back, Darwin said that. Man, that has just stuck with yeah. me. I mean, you are I've a I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Our advertisement's in our members. We always looked at it. If we're not out there advertising Freemasonry ourselves, like we wear rings, wear hats, wear, I wear a pin because I can't wear rings at work. You're wearing a ring right now. Well, yeah, but I got a pin on my. Uh, I know, I, I see it pocket, on your uniform yeah, shirt all the time. I got a pocket protector to keep my pins in. I'm a nerd. I don't care who knows it. But I wear the. Pocket proud, nerd! <laughs> I wear a, a, a proud to be a Freemason pin on my, on my pocket protector. That way I don't have to sit there and button it all the time and leave it on there. And I don't know how many guys I had come by me and go, Are you a Mason? Like, yeah, I'm a Mason. He goes, Huh. My dad was a Mason, or one guy, I know, he's a Shriner's kid. He said to me, were you a Mason? He goes, yeah, because I was a Shriner's kid. I got helped out by a Shriner's when I was younger. I said, oh, that's great. Why don't you join? Oh, I don't know if I can. He's like, yeah, you can. I'm, I'm going to name drop a buddy of mine on the show here. Uh, he's Southern He's southern Indiana local, uh, a guy by the name of Shane Meyer. Shane does a lot of tattoos and piercings work. Really? Shane works. Shane's worked at Toyota for like 15 yeah. years. Yeah, Shane did my Jason Voorhees tattoo on my arm. Okay, Shane did the cross and halo in memory of my mother dying on my back left shoulder blade. Yep. Uh, I was doing the gardening with the girls last weekend. Right. And I got sunburnt, and that's when I posted the picture of my of my <laughs> yeah. you know all my fat hanging out. You know, everybody's like, "We can see your butt crack." I'm like, "That's not butt crack. That's just more rolls." According uh, to the ferret. <laughs> yeah, but you could see a very red. So I was Square compass. Square compass and a very deep, dark colored blue letter G on the back of my neck. And Shane commented on there. And like I said, oh. he works at Toyota and uh, he's also a tattoo artist. He goes, I have always had the most deepest, most respect for Masons. And I was like, hey, brother. Come on in, brother. I was like, there's three <laughs> lodges in the county. He lives here in Huntingburg. I'm like, don't matter where you go, there's, I can tell you anything you need to know. Yeah. And, uh, he, uh, it's, it's just funny because, uh, I need a Masonic brother who tattoos because I use tattoos work done. <laughs> I've always wondered how you do not have a Masonic tattoo. I just never got one. I've always wanted one, but every time I've ever wanted one, I never had the money to pay for one. You did that spare income because it's really nothing that no. you need. In, in the last, say, 10 years, I've only bought what I've needed. You know, since my family and everything started, I just don't spend money on frivolous things anymore. You want to know how stupid this is going to sound? It's going to sound super stupid. No, I'm not judge that. <laughs> okay, so, so the spot on the back of my neck where that square compass letter G is, I always consider that to be prime real estate for a tattoo. Really? And I always wanted to put something there. For a small your back, well, because, Well, because, <laughs> you know, generally in my mind, most people see you, you're walking the up, people walking behind you. They're mm-hmm. going to notice it. So, okay. I always wanted something there that meant something to me. People stand out. So when I got that Masonic tattoo, when I got the square compass and letter G on the back of my neck, uh, it was right after me and my ex-wife had pretty much split. It was done. Okay. We were, I, I was kind of seeing a girl, and she's like, I want to go get a tattoo. So I went with her. And uh, the guy's like, you want to sit down in the chair? He goes, anything you want, 50 bucks. And this guy was a really good artist. Yeah, he's, I know. He's, 
He's since moved to uh, far at far east Appalachia. You got a pretty mouth, Kentucky. Like, oh, he's out there now. Can I say that? I said that. You can. You can. You're, can, you're I, the editor. I, yeah, yeah, I'm the editor. So, I, but uh, he he did the tattoo, and he told me he goes he goes. I always thought Masonic tattoos were the coolest thing. This guy's not a Mason at all. He's no. just a tattoo artist. But he was the like, symbols. I thought they were they were cool and. Uh, he goes, are you really wanting that on your neck? And I told him, I'm like, well, I always thought that was prime real estate, so I wanted to put something up there that meant something to me. Right there in the Adam's apple. No. <laughs> I do not like throat tattoos. I do not. But uh, the point being is that the square compass in G, even though this was during a period of my life when I wasn't going to Lodge anymore, right? it still meant enough to me that I wanted oh, yeah. that to be something people seen when they were walking behind me. Oh, yeah. So See, I want to get the, uh, the Latin phrase there on the... On the Grandmaster's table. On the Grandmaster's table, what does it say? Sit lux et lux fleet. Fleet, fleet. Well, it means is let there be light and there is light. Hmm. So I'm going to get that in Gothic letters either right here or down the arm. I don't know what I'm doing yet. You have a huge arm to tattoo on. Yeah, I know. You got some John Cena arms. Look at this guy. Let's put it this way. You know, the cylinders of work I worked about four or four and a half inches diameter. I can't fit my arm all the way through them. If I drop a socket down through there. So who's, who's get, working on this? I got to get some skinny arm guys to do that. <laughs> Todd Whaley, master mechanic, everybody. Mm-mm. Just a mechanic. Machinist mechanic. Fixer of all things. Fixer of all things. <laughs> How you're fixer of all things. Does Freemasonry need fixing? No. No. Just needs to be we, brought. We, we, we come back to this discussion all the time. All the time. I think, I think there's going to be an there's endless nothing, amount of episodes there, we can get out of stuff There's like nothing this. wrong with Freemasonry proper. Your famous words. We don't have a membership problem. We have a, whatever you say. We have a Freemason problem, but there's just not enough Freemasonry being done in the world. There's not enough guys you know, you know, going out there and doing the charity, loving each other, checking on their neighbors, the stuff we used to do back in the 40s and 50s, where you're only going to starve as much as your neighbor's going to starve. You know, stuff like well, that. that's true. Everybody's so stuck in their own lives now, we don't have time for anybody else's lives. No. And I think it's a terrible thing, which, you know, I'm a bad nigga. I don't check on my neighbors like I should. Like, I ain't, I ain't seen one of my neighbors in two years, and she's home every night, but I just never see her. We used to hang out with them all the time, but now everybody's just busy with kids and ball games and... But they have internet here at their lodge. Probably. Well, they got Wi-Fi here. <laughs> it's popping up, dude. Boys, five twenty. Really? I'm hot spotting the computer right now. Turn Wi-Fi on. We need internet at our lodge. Yeah, good luck with that. I'll be darned. It's got a password to it, though. I bet you it's Freemasonry. It's probably one of the passwords. I bet. <laughs> Let's try this. You should text Brother Wayne. Is there a password for the Wi-Fi? Oh, let me put it in the master basement here real quick. Watch it be something like Hiram, Sprig of Acacia. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> You're not going to get this. Nope, incorrect. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, I don't need to be on anyway. I got, I got 5G here anyway. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> But, but anyway, you know, we, we, we can, this is, this is, I, I mean, this, kind of a bonus episode. This may not even be put out. I no, it's going to get put out. I think there's good stuff <laughs> in it. I don't like to never release anything. But here's my opinion on Freemasonry, Freemasonry today. Freemasonry started out as a way to keep the work they did at a very top level. They, they didn't teach everybody. Not everybody can become a Freemason. You had to prove yourself to become a Freemason even before, before you ever done that. You might be an inner apprentice, but that's all you're ever going to be. But Freemasonry was a workers' guild, union, whatever you want to call it, where they it was a tight group of people. And they didn't share their secrets because they didn't want everybody to know how to do their job, so that way it kept the wages high, but it also kept the quality high. Right. So if we think of Freemason that way now, everyone who comes through the door has, does not have the right to become a Freemason. They have a right to try, but if we if we deem that person unworthy, then that's our right to do it. Could be one of those things. If you let everybody in, then what makes everybody stand out? What makes Freemasonry special if everybody's Freemasons? You know what I mean? Yeah, Not we're, that we're being selective, we're down, but to protect when there's already a negative perception about us yes. in the free world anyways. Because somebody can come here, they're going to join, and they're going to go out and go, well, I just joined Freemasonry. Ask me whatever you want to know. And they'll tell you everything instead of keeping that secret deep in their chest like you're supposed to. And I told you stories like 
I've seen where it don't mean nothing to nobody. Right. I found entire degrees out there on the internet. Oh yeah, there's all of them. Yeah. Like why? Why is that out there? Because people people don't want us to have any power. And what power do we really have? None. Well, apparently we're not doing good at controlling the world's power because I just watched <laughs> LeBron go down. 0 for 3 so far in the Western Conference Finals last night. Yeah, and I came out as a as a LeBron guy. I become a LeBron guy. I hated LeBron, but I became a LeBron guy when he went back to Cleveland and won a championship. <laughs> and if we're controlling the world and we're in bed with the Illuminati, well, we're not doing our job because LeBron, the Lakers are down 3 nothing in the Western Conference Finals. I don't even know. I haven't watched a game, basketball game since high school. <laughs> Well, since watching this year's high school games, that's about it. Well, hey, man, let's wrap this up. We got to get to another interview here. So this was just a nice little 25-minute bonus episode. Just to talk to each other. and We ain't see each other in a Or, while, you know, so. this could just be part one of another episode we circle back to later it tonight. It could be. But we got another. We got uh, we got uh, our marathon recording session today was hampered. We started hampered. three hours late, changed location, <laughs> lost half our guest list. But we're still yeah. going to try to put three or four episodes together because – We've got a busy month of June where you and I are not going to be able yeah, to see I'm, each other. I'm going to be up for, the, uh, for my, my niece is graduating. My son's having surgery on his knees. And then next month, July, I'm over in Minnesota for a week. Yeah, so really. So I'm going to try to buy some lodges there, what, too. What this means is that uh, Todd and I are going to try to get three or four done today. We're going to have an extra one coming because of uh, tempos. The, that that's in the can. We've got the degree team. But basically, just to get enough filler because it's going to be so good, Todd mm-hmm. and I are going to have to do one or two episodes. Uh, we're going to have to make some midweek visits during the middle of the week. You think we did the phoners. We're going to do that. Okay, the phoners. We'll probably do that. I'll just call you. I'll plug yeah. up at my house call you. Yeah. But all right, man. Uh, peace, love and, at home. peace, love, and Nugent. Peace, love, and Nugent. I, I, I was huh? listening to Stranglehold by Ted Nugent on the way over. Oh, my God. You remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember Stranglehold. That's like... You remember the, the quintessential rock song in the world right there. But you remember the Toby Keith movie Beer for My Horses? Yeah. Rodney Carrington? Yeah. They've got that ninety seven F three fifty diesel. Yeah. The thunder. Blue Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Good God. Stranglehold <laughs> plays. I remember I watched that movie with uh Rachel when we first started dating and she goes, Why is your heart beating so fast? I said, I never thought I'd love anything more than you. I was like, look at that truck. It was a nice truck. That is for a Ford, wasn't bad. Oh, here we go. All right, so... Uh, hey, let's wrap this up, buddy. Yeah, let's get it out of here. So thank you for... Uh, I'm going to plug it every time we're here tonight. So thank you to Brother Wayne Patmore, Master Lodge here at Dubois 520. The brothers for letting us use their facility tonight. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you. Like, subscribe. As Todd says, put the word out. We're all growing because of you. That's right. And uh, peace, love, and nuja. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of that other Masonic podcast. Brother Jared Atkins, brother Todd Whaley uh, has has stepped out for a few minutes. He will be back momentarily. But until that time, until he gets back, I guess I'm going to just go ahead and uh, do the gosh darn thing. And uh, let's get our next guest lined up on the phone here. All right, on the phone, uh, we have a a guest who has been very influential to me, uh, Brother Matt Parker from French Lick. What is it, 586? That's correct. Yeah, so uh, Matt, go ahead and, I mean, I know I introduced you, but uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, run through your title there or anything? I mean, well, I mean, uh, Matthew James Parker, past master, uh, French Lick Lodge number 586. Uh, 2013 and uh, 2019 AL. So, Matt, what uh, this is the question we ask every interviewee we do. How and why did you get into Freemasonry? Well, I'll tell you the main reason is because growing up, my father was in the Masons. And I wanted to be just like my dad because he was a great man. And uh, much like much like yourself, much like yourself. (laughs) Much like yourself, brother. But uh, back in back in the day when I was a kid, they didn't talk about it, and there was no internets, and there were no uh, social medias. So you kind of just you know had to ask questions to find out. 
But I always found it intriguing that he would go with these great men and do great things and then come back and hang out on the weekends and bond and be friends outside of the lodge. Right. So I kind of just was curious, but he couldn't tell me much. And then whenever I moved to French Lick, Indiana, I saw my boss's uh, license plate had a Freemason symbol on it. And I was like, you're a Mason? He goes, how'd you know that? I said, well, my dad's a Mason. He goes, Where, where's your dad? I said, well, he lives in Texas now, and I live in uh, Indiana, so we don't see each other very often. He goes, do you think about joining? I said, I'd love to join. He goes, I can get you in. It'd be a good thing to do. I said, I would love to be in. <clears throat> so, what, uh, ever since then, man. What, what kept you coming back, Matt? Because as you well know, uh, an ongoing issue with the fraternity is sometimes you get a lot of guys that come in they get their three degrees, they get the title, and then you never see them again. So, you know, another question we tend all. to follow up with is what what kept you coming back? I know it all too well. Uh, our large is struggling right now with members even showing up for degrees, which we were the uh, second improved lodge when I was master back in 2013 in Indiana. Right. But these guys were initiating. They didn't want to – they wanted to do the work. They wanted to learn – and then they just wanted to come and do goodbye as little as possible. I said, no, I, I want to do the work. Uh, I was going to ease into it, you know, and I was going to be like the junior deacon. And then my boss was like, no, we need you senior deacon. I was like, really? Senior deacon? <laughs> this is my first year. He's like, you, you could do it. So they put a lot of pressure on me. They gave me responsibility, and I felt it, and I accepted the challenge. And it made me feel alive. It gave me a sense of purpose. And I really enjoyed the gratification that I got from coming and doing a good job in front of my, my brothers and my uh, friends and getting compliments from some of the older members that have been doing this for years. I said, you, you're, you're doing a great job. You're a perfectionist. You, it means a lot to you. I can tell. Thank you. You know, That's what keeps me coming back. <laughs> you know, you always, you always roll your eyes when I say this, but uh, people on the, on the show, I think I've referenced you on the show a few times in the past. But uh, when I came back in October of 2021, after being away for seven, eight years, I yeah. was fortunate enough to to meet you. And, you know, we might have met in my earlier years. I don't remember. But I remember meeting you shortly thereafter and just talking to you. There's certain brothers you meet you always feel a connection with. And some, the connection is stronger right. with others. When I tell you the profound impact you had on me because you're, you're, you're an old school country boy like me. You can tell when somebody's bluffing you, but That's you, sure. you are one of the honest to goodness, most honest human beings, genuine people I've ever met. Like I, I feel like I could show up at your house and be like, dude, I need somebody to talk to at two o'clock in the morning. You'd be like, well, come in, I'll put a pot of coffee on. Let's talk. That's exactly right. And, uh, it was it was such a joy to get to talk to you, and then you and I just bonded. We started. I started getting active again after being away. I started. I would see you at this degree. I'd see you at this degree. I'd see you at this degree. And oh, yeah. then I knew when the podcast started taking off. I told Todd. I said we got to get Parker on here at some point. Because well, I'm honored to be on tonight. I'm well, I to I appreciate that, man. I really really do, and. uh you know, you talked about French Lick Lodge struggling. And I think that's a that's a problem with a lot of. I mean, that's a problem with a lot of lodges across, you know, the the country and the world. But especially here in Southern Indiana, here lately, if you're not in one of the bigger markets like Indianapolis or Evansville, South Bend, Fort Wayne, your membership's not doing so well in some yeah, of these areas. The Seven or eight guys, 10 or 12 guys, you know, typically whenever I go to these local lodges within 30 minutes or 45 to an hour, it's the same seven or eight, nine or 10 guys doing the same thing all the time. And they're keeping these lodges alive and they're trying to pass the torch to younger people like you. And you're doing an excellent job, by the way. Thank you. And you and Todd both. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. Phil Baggins is one of my biggest influencers. He told me he has changed my mind about so many things over the years, just talking to him masonically. He's really uh, opened my mind and broadened my uh, thoughts and horizons. Uh, he is one of our biggest supporters. You know, uh, when our lodge found out that we were doing podcasts and we were recording at the lodge, he, uh, you know, kind of a couple of the old guard kind of, you know, heh, you know, kind of gruffed about it. And, and Brother Phil was just like, hey, look, 
you guys always talk about membership, this and that. We need to get our face out. These two boys are out here doing all the things. What are you guys doing? And right. then I mean, it kind of changed everybody's things. opinion a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and God bless you guys for doing this. And uh, I've been listening a little bit here and there, but uh, I'm so busy. I barely have time. You are a busy man. I, you you work all day, and then I, you come home and spend time with Mama, and then I imagine Mama's got a honey-do list. But then That's right. you, uh, you get some uh, stress relief. You are a huge landscape guy. Oh, man. And that's like uh, operative masonry to me. I just enjoy doing landscaping and things, you know, in speculative masonry as well. But operative masonry to me means the world to me. Right. It's my blood. That's that. That's awesome. That's tremendous. Um, something I wanted to ask you, uh, just because you are such an impressionable guy and and for those that don't personally know Matt Parker, because we have listeners all over the country now, and we we have international yeah. listeners all the time. We're we uh, you know a hundred of our downloads a month at least come out internationally over there in the motherland, and then you know some That's down impressive. in Australia. That's it, impressive. I I appreciate that. Thank you. But for for those of you that don't personally know Matt, Matt is such Matt has such opinionated takes on things in masonry. And they and you know I know you're gonna laugh, but a lot of your takes make sense on the things you talk about. I know you don't want to be like, oh, you're blowing smoke up their butts. You know, I don't know everything, but I'm just myself. That's how I feel about the whole thing. (laughs) What I'm I'm an honest man. I just tell you what comes out of my mouth. I can't sugarcoat nothing or you know hide the truth. It comes out the way I feel. So so where I'm going with this is that you have been such a person that's you know trying to be a beacon of change. And you're supporting brothers like me and Todd who are trying to be a beacon of change. Let's just say, for instance, and I'm so glad I get to ask you this because I've always wanted to pick your brain about this. If you ascended into the grand line and you ascended into the grand master's chair, what would you do to bring about change to the fraternity in the state of Indiana? Well, that's a profound question. I've never actually thought about. I that. know, but if anybody could answer it, it could be you. I am. I am so humble. I don't know. I would probably try to make. I don't know. I put you on it's, the spot, man. <laughs> you did put me on the spot. Because I, I don't think I'm worthy of the Grand Lodge, and I don't necessarily at this point in time that I will be able to do it. But I would be honored, truly, and. I would probably just reach out and be as honest as possible and try to recruit people anyway. You know, just, you know, you have to work with a candidate. You have to approach the candidate on their level. And that's how I've mentored so many people over the years. And that's something else. You were a tremendous mentor to people. And I've heard that from other people. It's a case-by-case scenario, I I believe. Yeah. If I was the Grand Lodge, uh, oh, Worshipful Master, wow. I would just have to excel... Uh, everything on a on a bigger scale level. and look at it, lay it out in front yeah. of you for the big picture. I don't know. I, I think I, you know, would probably try to do good for the fraternity, but you have to consider the day and age we live in now too. You know, everything is such social thing. media driven, and it's a now, now, now society. It's, I mean, uh, man, I kind of I wasn't prepared to ask you that. I was just off the top of my head. I didn't have a have a list out there this is a little bit more complex we're a comedy show is what me and todd are because we make ourselves look dumb all the time that's oh no you guys i love you guys <laughs> you guys come you guys learned that third craft for that uh, last master mason down there and i i sat back and said these guys are just killing it and they're keeping this fraternity alive that's the only reason i'm still here you know keep this fraternity alive you know why i go to degree okay so you you've known me you know about two years now and uh you've learned about me Every every degree you see me at, typically if it's an if it's an entered apprentice or a fellow craft, I'm always doing the memory lecture, the crossfire. Yes. That's what I love doing. I don't travel yes. to other lodges to see degrees. I'm a traveler to other lodges to participate in the degrees. That's right. what I like doing. There, I mean, if you want to sit on the sideline, that's completely fine. But at the end of the day. A lot of these older guys are going to start laying down their working tools. They're going to get called to the Grand Lodge above, and then somebody's going to have to fill their part in that degree. That's precisely correct. The only time I want to sit on the sidelines 
is if I'm mentoring someone and teaching them the, the uh, ritual work. But then a lot of times, guess what? I get called up to a position because I am proficient in that position and I get to participate. And that it, that is very, very honoring to me. The I only, really enjoy the participation. The only degree I generally don't do any work on, and, and it's funny because you were just talking about the craft part, I generally like to watch the second half of the master. I don't tend to... Per- do a lot in that because it's such a beautiful rich ceremony i saw you i saw you do the third craft. i know but todd's like we're gonna do this third craft you gotta learn it and uh hey sink or swimming guess what you didn't sink oh i appreciate that brother i really do that means a lot coming from you right on um so you never i never did ask you this you never did get involved in any other appendant body i know you're a busy guy it's just always strictly been blue lodge for you okay like I said, my dad was a Mason, and he he uh, went into the uh, Scottish Rite, which we, we were from the St. Louis area. And uh, my dad went to the Scottish Rite, then he went to the Shriners. But the reason that he became a Mason is because my brother, who is 10 years younger than me, was only supposed to live to be about 14 years old. Really? And he just, he just turned uh, 34 a couple of days ago, and he was born in the Shriners Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri. And my dad was so proud of that. And that's another reason I would be a Mason, you know. The Shriners and, uh, Hospital is an amazing, yeah. amazing place. And I have not moved up because I do not have the time and effort to put into it. I wish I had more time and effort to put in the Blue Lodge. But uh, when I have the time and effort to put into the Scottish Rite and the, and the uh, Shriners, I will definitely partake. But uh, right now, I just I'm just humbled being a member of the Blue Lodge, a past master who's proficient at the work. What do you think, uh, let me ask you this, what what do you think, uh, or have you guys in your lodge discussed what you could potentially do to maybe increase the inflow of petitions at your lodge or to get some of your members to come back? I mean, I don't want you to, to divulge, you know, personal know. lodge business, but I'm sure you guys have talked about it in your state of meetings, haven't you? Well, everything was going pretty well until, you know, COVID happened. COVID, right. And then uh, nobody wanted to go to lodge. Everybody was, you know, stressed out mentally. And uh, it was a different world. It's still a different world. But I thought that the Masons would unite and not follow the guidelines of the COVID, you know, from the government. But, you know, that's what they do. They conform, you know. Right. And uh, they kept everything alive. But I just, I just don't know how to think about things. You know, because people don't want to do anything. People don't want to go out in public. And so the older members, they got sick. Some of them passed away. And then some of them are just afraid to be in uh, group, you know, mass gatherings. You know, the uh, thing is some of these lodges have too many stairs for these older gentlemen. But uh, yeah, you guys need to put an elevator in up there, man. I, I, I tell her about time. This fat boy, it's hard on me climbing them stairs up there at French Lick Lodge. I'm giving a couple of people piggyback rides up and down. I don't think you could give me one, brother. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, uh, pretty stout man. You, you hit on the fact that some of your membership is, you know, has has passed away, and uh, I wanted to point out one of the uh, a great Mason that I rem- You know, I got a, I got raised on leap year, February 29, 2008, was the day I got raised. Sweet. And, and and over those years, you know, the first four or five years, I was active all the time, and then I disappeared for, you know, seven, eight years or whatever. Uh, but one of the most uh, – an honest brother I met, a member of your lodge, and I know you know who I'm talking about. You guys lost Preston. Oh, yeah. Preston was a – Preston Weininger was a, was a fine man. Uh, I'm – did uh, – do you have a, a lot of dealings with Preston? Uh, did he have a – you know, an impact on I, you in any way or actually I think he belonged to the Newton Stewart Lodge. His Did he? I thought he was I thought I'm pretty there. sure he was a French Lick member. Well he might have been a dual member, but he always came to our degrees. Preston was a great man. His son is a great man. Uh he had two sons in the lodge, Gary and um I remember uh, Gary. Yeah. I can't remember the yeah. other one's name, but I I remember Gary. Jesse, Gary and Jesse. Jesse, that's right. Yeah, and they, I don't know if they demitted, but they quit coming because Tony West was a good friend of mine and he demitted. 
is he said that they were struggling out there, Newton Stewart, and they almost uh, closed the charter, but they finally got some people in, in, uh, involved in it. So That's a small lodge out there. I've been there numerous times, just the same as you have. Yeah. That is, you know, we talk about all of our lodges being small lodge. Buddy, Newton Stewart out there in the middle of nowhere, that is a small, small-time lodge. But that's those brothers are great brothers. Oh, absolutely. So we would help each other. We would, you know, put on degrees because we were 15 minutes apart. So we try to help cover the uh, parts that they needed the degree work. Kevin is a Kevin is a tremendous guy. Uh, I oh, think Kevin the world Jones, of him. Oh, yes, man. he know he knows his stuff forwards and backwards for sure. I watched him uh, do the entire stair lecture one night, and he missed one word. And uh, he apologized over and over about missing a word. And I'm just like, Kevin, I guarantee you half the people in this room couldn't even make it through the first. I can only do the first page and a half of the stair lecture myself. And then I'm like lost. And he, and he, he was up. The short version. Yeah. He does the long version. Yeah. And that's that's another thing. I know you're like me. You're you're old school in this. Uh, I'm, you know, the short version's fine. It is what it is. But when I go to a lodge and I see a stair lecture, I want to see the original lecture. I get it. The short one's easy and it's easy to, to hold a candidate's attention for the small amount of time it takes you to do the shortened version. But like you miss so much by not giving the original long form stair lecture. And that is my favorite degree is the Philocraft degree, by the way. I, uh, I sit in the East for the first half normally. Really? I'm not doing senior deacon, but, uh, the Fellowcraft is actually my favorite degree because it talks about the arts and the sciences and the, uh, you know, the arithmetic and the uh, Roman, Doric and Ionic and all that good stuff. You know, I, that's fascinating to me. I, absolutely. I, I think, uh, I can't speak for Todd cause he's not, you know, he'll, he'll be back later. Yeah. I can't, yeah, he'll be, he'll Todd's be back a after a while. I remember he, he's from up North somewhere and he came down here. I think he was living in Ferdinand. Yeah. He lives in Ferdinand. Indianapolis. But now he's a member of Birdseye, and that is tremendous because Birdseye is one of the best lodges. One of the first lodges I ever went to. I wish I could remember. It was either Shoals, White River, Birdseye, or Eckerty. But the first lodge I went to was one of these local lodges, and I've been going ever since. You know, brother, brother Matt, when were you raised? Do you remember the date every Mason usually does? Let's see. It was in 2010. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Because I was past master in 2012, I went from senior deacon to senior warden of the east. Man, that's a quick trip. That is a quick trip right there. <laughs> wow. That's, what, uh, that's why I wanted to, you know, learn it so well. Because I had, I was forced to go up. There's nobody else in our lodge at the time, so they put a lot of weight on my shoulders. I was like, I want to learn it. I want to do it correctly. And it, I think other people noticed that, and they started, you know. Uh, initiating and then i would mentor them and i am by the book mentor because my mentor was but yeah uh it just means the world to me you know uh i mentored uh brother john McEwen, and he had nothing but nice things to say about you he knew you before he became a mason that is true he uh, known me for about 10 years yeah yeah he he goes matt parker he goes i know matt parker he goes He's a great guy. I said, oh, yes, he's a very great guy. <laughs> well, I try to be. I try to be just – I just try to be a good human being, you know. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not blowing – I'm not blowing smoke up your butt, man. I mean, when I tell you you're – you just – you feel a certain connection with certain brothers. When I tell you that you're one of the most down-to-earth, honest, genuine human beings I've ever met, and you know, and and, and and it's not just about that. It's about the messages that you and I send each other on Facebook Messenger or, or actual text message on the phone. You know, I've went through some stuff in the last few years, and you're like, man, if you ever need me, bro, you just say the word, and I'm there. And not every brother does that, even though that's what we're taught. Not every brother reaches out to other brothers. We all take the same obligation, and we should honor it. But sometimes, you know, you have. Put your family first, but you always watch out for your brother Mason, no matter what. Right. And you know what I love about you? I'm just going to give you, this ain't no smoke either, but what I love about you is your sense of humor. Because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I myself have a little bit of a warped, twisted sense of humor, but it's not, you know, offensive, you know, to most people. Right. But uh, 
you and I think a lot. A lot. We do. We Whenever do. We sit down <laughs> and we talk. We're not serious all the time. Mason is masonry is very serious, but we don't have to be serious all the time. We can just be a little bit more lighthearted about everything. There's a picture on my Facebook that I took with you uh, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. It might have been towards the end of last year. We were at a degree together, and I was like, Matt, I want to get a picture yeah. of me and you. And I, right I, I love that picture of us. We look sexy, don't we? I tell you what, we we form the perfect number ten. You're the one, and I'm the zero. <laughs> that's because your head's so shiny. That's, that's right. You ought to see me now, <laughs> man. I have I have hair now. Well, the last time I saw you on the internet, yeah, you did have was growing some hair back there. So. Yeah, I tell everybody I had a nervous breakdown. My hair started growing, so now my best friend's getting married in October, and I said I'm just going to let my hair grow to your wedding, and that's your wedding gift. And then after that, it's coming back off. Oh, I saw you got sunburned too. The other oh day. yeah, <laughs> you that that uh, square <laughs> compass and letter G on the back of my neck was glowing red, wasn't it? Yep. I mean, <laughs> come on, come on now. Did but I anyway. did I ever tell you the story about about uh, I got spotted with my Masonic tattoo on the back of my neck? No. So okay, so uh, I got this tattoo, and this was when I was still working at the factory with my dad, and then I'd get off work, and I would go work part-time at the grocery store, so I was, so it's been about two years ago, and, uh, you know, my square compass and G sticks out of my shirt a little bit. It's on the back of my neck. It's visible for everybody, yeah. and uh, it, it's been a couple years. I don't remember exactly how the conversation went. I've told it on the podcast a couple different ways, but it generally ends the same way. This this guy, I turned around, he, you know, he wanted some fried chicken, so I, I got his fried chicken. I turned around, I was boxing it up. He was looking back at my neck. He was, I thought Masons weren't allowed to have tattoos. And I am I just smiled because I'm like, oh, here we go. Katie, bar the door. I know what's up now. And uh, he, he proceeds to tell me, or he, I'm like, no, that's not true. Well, my granddad was a Mason, and he said tattoos aren't allowed in Masonry. I'm like, oh, really? What lodge do you belong to? Hey, well, that's not important right now. Exactly. The uneducated so. people are, are the most confused <laughs> and the most, you know, outspoken about us being a secret society. And we're really not. We're just a society with secrets. That, oh, my God. I used world. to say that all the time. We're not a secret society. Yeah. We're just one has got a few secrets. Google it. Freemasonry. It's everywhere. I mean, there's symbols. I mean, it's not secret, but we do have secrets within our society. That's and, you know, that, that's. That's something else. Todd and I were talking about earlier tonight. Uh, Darwin Hagedorn from Branchville Lodge. Uh, oh, yeah, Branchville. I love Branchville Lodge. Yeah. I got great breakfasts. You know, Darwin said something uh, at a degree <coughs> about a year ago. We went to a degree, and he was there. And I've never yeah. thought about this before. He said, "Congrat!" He told the candidate, "Congratulations, you're you're a master mason. You're going to get your rings now and your license plate." He said, "Just be mindful." He said, "Because you represent the whole fraternity when you see that." He said, "Unfortunately, the the fraternity can't be here to defend itself, but you do one wrong thing, you represent the whole fraternity. Then, or that's how people's going to look at it." He said, "You cut a guy off in traffic and he honks the horn and screams at you and you flip him the middle finger." Well, hey, all Masons just give people a finger in traffic. You know, you, you you need to be mindful of who's watching you because when you have that on you, the outside world, who most of them don't have a favorable opinion of us to begin with, well, then you, you become public enemy number one for the whole fraternity. And I never thought about it like that before. But it, it makes sense because... There's a lot of people out there in the world. If you hop in the Google machine, there's a lot of people out there that don't have love for us. Oh, I know. But they they call us the Ku Klux Klan or Satan worshipers or the Illuminati. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You know what I always say? They're just mad because they're not behind the closed doors and get a watch us ride the goat around the room. That's why I tell everybody we ride a goat around the room. <laughs> Especially when they're hungry. Yeah, you got to hold them, try to hold them down. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you said you, uh, you mentor a lot and I, and, uh, I want to tell you this and here we go. This, this has just been a love fest this entire episode, but I'm sure the listeners will eat it up, but you know, I would consider you a ritualist, huh? A ritualist. I would consider you a ritualist. Hmm. You seem to, uh, 
man, you don't you don't miss much, man. I'm telling you, I've watched you walk around that room and do. You don't miss much, man. That's uh, you're sharp as a tack with it. Sometimes my mind goes blank, and you know, sometimes if I study too hard, it's worse than if I don't study at all. But I know (laughs) it. It's up here. (laughs) It's up there. But if it comes out right, that's another story. Right. Yeah, but I, I really do take pride in making sure it comes out right, and that's another thing, you know. Uh, it's it's a great feeling if you do it correctly. Abs- you know, absolutely. Yeah. Oh well, well, here I hear my but co-host. Be, I hear my co-host. Oh, is he back? Oh, he's, he's back. Oh, I'm gonna get off here. I'm gonna tell him. Hey, what you, do you need for dinner, you, Porky's? You need you need to get, you hate Porky's. I love that place. I went past yesterday. You need to sit down and put your headphones on because Parker's on a timetable. We're going to have to wrap this up in a few minutes. So, Here, let me unmute your mic. Say hello to Parker. What's up, Catfish? Hey, well, good to see you. Good to hear from you this evening. Yeah, I'm here, man. He uh, he just gave us like all kind of praise. You're going to have to listen to this episode back because you missed it in real time. You got to listen to this. He, he, uh, he said that we are – Doing a tremendous job, and he loves the show, and he's just a great. You come back with five sandwiches, and there's only two of us. <laughs> you know, you know what though? I hate it. I couldn't be there in person this evening, but uh, I have. Well, to, actually, there's a funny story about that, the Matt. There's there's a super funny story about that. Yeah, there is. So, right on. our entire day, our entire pre-recording session, everything had just it, it got hand grenaded. First of all. Uh, there's two calendars about the lodge. There's one actually at the lodge, and then there's one across the street at Skinner's General Store, right. where most people, oh, when they no. rent the lodge, law, yeah, yeah when, when most people rent the lodge, they go over and talk to Skinner. Well, they put it on the calendar over there, but they accidentally forgot to put it on the calendar at the lodge. So Todd and I were flying blind into this for a month, thinking we had the lodge that day. Oh, well, man. I find out last night, uh, that, hey, the lodge is being used tomorrow. So I immediately call the guy that I, I know that's got it rented. They had a birthday party. And I was like, yeah. hey, we got some stuff going on in the lodge room. Would it be okay if we came up there? We won't be in the fellowship hall. We won't be in your way. We just need to be in the room. We'll have the door shut. Oh, yeah, that's fine. No big problem. Come up. So they're like, we'll probably be done by 3 o'clock. So, three, so that's when I tell you we're going to have to push it back a little bit. I go past oh. there at 3.30. And the parking lot is full. Mm-hmm. And I was wow. like, oh, no. So I called in a favor. So we're actually sitting at Dubois Lodge 520 in Huntingburg recording okay. tonight. Mm-hmm. So we called wow. in one of the brothers Brother over there. Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> so it, it has been we, – we have adapted on the fly. It has been a crazy day. Yeah. But, but here we are. And I know you have to get – I know you have yeah. to get going, which is unfortunate, but I promise you this. I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal. We will get you in person with us with a mic and a headphone set up next time. You can okay. come on for a lot longer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Man, that would be epic. That would be amazing, and I, I really love being a Freemason, and that's just my message to everybody. Join the fraternity. See what it's all about. Uh, spend as much time as you want with the brothers that will be there to help you and encourage you throughout whatever you're going through and help you you know just be a good human being that's all i want to do is be a good human being mm-hmm. all right well hey bro i'll let you go so you can get outside enjoy the last bit of daylight and uh i'll let you know when these episodes are live so you can listen to it back so you can hear that beautiful voice you have please do i would love to hear that i knew i was coming too yeah Todd knows me too well oh yeah i knew that was coming all right brother we'll be safe and thanks for thanks for coming on God bless you. It's been an honor. All right. We'll see you later. Good, sir. See you, bub. Bye-bye. Peace. All right, Todd. So uh, we're going to stuff our face. What I miss? <laughs> it, it was just a great interview with Par. I mean, it was only 30 minutes of tape. You know what I just realized? What? We have about 30 minutes of tape here. Yeah. And the very first thing we did earlier tonight was 30 minutes. Hey, there you go. I could splice them together. Yeah. And we could have an hour episode. There you go. Not bad. I don't know. But it's it's all it's almost nine o'clock and I'm in the mood for one more and now you got food. So I think we're gonna take a break and then uh we'll just end the night with uh something. Something we'll figure it out. M- Masonic education. Yeah, we know how to do that. All right. Peace. Peace out.